Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is up, sports fans? My name is Jake Iggy, or Iggy for short, and this is Iggy Sports Talk. So I greatly appreciate everybody tuning in to episode 54 of Iggy Sports Talk. If you have not yet, make sure to go over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and subscribe to Iggy Sports Talk so you can get updated for weekly episodes. Now this week, I am joined by a very special guest named Joe Morley, and him and I discussed the recent success of the LA Dodgers and what his reaction was when the Dodgers won the World Series last year. And also, we give our ideas on how baseball can become more popular and be able to connect with more Gen Z kids. So let's listen to Joe, Joe Morley and I's conversation now. How are we doing? What's going on, Iggy? How's your day going so far? Uh, so far, so good. So far, so good. Uh, I apologize in advance if you guys hear any cars go by. Uh, I got the windows open, so no I hope it's not that. I, I, love the, I love the picture behind you, Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson dad, I think like six days ago. Yeah, I was at that. Oh, I went to Dodger Stadium for that game, uh, Jackie Robinson game. Yeah. I always, every time they have it there, every time they have a home game on that day, I try to go. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing how they commemorate such an amazing player, such an inspirational player as well. Uh, but you've got that Dodgers hat on. And I got I to gotta ask you, Joe, I, I mean, for the first time in 32 years last year, the Dodgers won the World Series. What was your reaction? Oh, amazing. I, 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 I want to say, I don't want to say that I teared up, but I did. <laughs> like, this, it was actually the first time in my whole life that any of my sports teams that I root for won something. Wow. So, as you can tell, I root for the Raiders. They haven't won anything. And the Dodgers. Um, so, it was the first time in all that emotion. And and I had to explain it to my wife because she's not a big – she hasn't – she's been coming to more sports fans since we've been married. But I had to explain to her, like, all the losses, everything that that we went through, like, multiple years, losing to the Astros in the World Series, everything – was all worth it. At that one moment, it was all worth it. And just, I mean, a lot of people are like, well, the players want it, not you. But it's like, no, as a fan, you feel it. You you have the ups, you have the downs, you see everything. And it was just amazing. It was, oh. And I, I caught it all on tape and I recorded it all. And it was just, it was awesome, man. It was it was fun and I loved it. Yeah, as you can see here, I've, um, I'm 22 years old. So I've been very, very, very privileged, uh, probably – the most privileged sports fan during a 20, 20 year span um, in New England with the Patriots, the Red Sox, the Bruins, the Celtics. So, uh, I mean, <laughs> it, it only took until 2004 uh, for me to see first World Series championship for the Red Sox and then Patriots won in 2001, 2004 as well. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it must have been a pretty cool moment for you when, when you saw that last out, especially like you brought it up. I mean, it, it must have been pretty tough for you to see back-to-back seasons for the Dodgers to lose to, uh, you know, the Astros, then the Red Sox, and then they finally get that one year. Yeah, and it's like everybody – like you're as a Dodger fan, you're always like, oh, the Dodgers are starting off good. They're doing good. And then all the haters will come like, they always start off good. It's just how they finish. And then now they finally win the World Series, and now people are like, well, it's only 60-game season. It's nothing major. <laughs> 
See, the thing is, is with, with every other league, I, you, you know, you can bring up the asterisk thing, especially with, like, a team like the Marlins as well. Like, it's not like we're going to see the Marlins make the playoffs this season. No. Uh, maybe we could. Uh, but at the same time, the Dodgers are a team, it was kind of in, inevitable that they were going to win it, especially after they traded for Mookie Betts from the Red Sox. And even this upcoming season uh, with Trevor Bauer and that the incredible roster that they have going into this season, I, I fully believe that, uh, that they're going to win it again uh, this next season. But what was your reaction when they got Trevor Bauer? When they, oh, I was, I was hoping for it. And I, at one point, I was like, it's not going to happen. I go, it's not going to happen. Here it goes. Uh, and everybody, everybody thought he was going to the Mets. And I was, on that, I was on the board with it. And then, you know, how he did his own little YouTube reveal, and he came out. I was like, Phew. I was like, he – I was hyped, and a lot of people were like, oh, you guys overpaid him. But in the first three games he's pitched so far, I've liked it. He's, I mean, he's given up some runs, but he's he, he's done 10 strikeouts, 10 strikeouts, 9 strikeouts, I believe. Um, he's adding another injury. I think he fits right in with the Dodgers clubhouse, who, who are a little outgoing themselves. All of them like to uh, to go. And, I mean, just adding another rotation, it, it made me feel like, okay, the Dodgers want another one. They weren't settled with just one. They want more and more. And so that that's something that we haven't seen in L.A. And, I, and even with the championship, they haven't been really that aggressive on going after the big, big free They bring free agents in, but not the big names right. that we all were hoping for as fans. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I, I kind of felt like the Dodgers were uh, – the main thing that motivated them was obviously with all the moves that the Padres made – trading for Blake Snell, you Darvish, Musgrove, and they kind of had to puff their chest and show we're, we're the kings of this division. And we don't forget, we have money as well, and, and we have influence as well over here in L.A. But when I saw that signing, all I thought in my mind is, oh, boy, here we go, the Golden State Warriors of the, of the MLB. Yeah, and and I told people, I go, the Padres were probably pumped. And they they had all right to be like, they had a great offseason. And then once the Dodgers signed Bauer, it was like, it let that air out just a little bit. Like, man, we had enough. And then you go and do this, you bring in the, the Cy Young Award winner, and it's like, but hey, uh, they just had a great series. Trevor Bauer just, he, he was brought in to help him win the World Series and beat the Padres. And uh, the Padres and the Dodgers uh, just went at it last week, and they're going at it, what, this week, this weekend, four-game series. Right. And from all the reactions I've seen from that series, everybody's sort of saying very similar things of that it felt like a playoff atmosphere. And just, just, from, the, just from the highlights, you could really hear how hyped up everybody was. And even with a limited capacity in the stadium, you, you, you could just feel that sort of playoff, high-intensity energy. Uh, but what, what were your thoughts as well when, when you heard about the potential illegal uh, balls that Trevor Bauer uh, or the MLB uh, took from Trevor Bauer? past week i want to know where that came from i read it and i was like all right where'd this come from nobody brought it up and then all of a sudden it's here right like did they stop they know they didn't stop the games they didn't do anything but like, let's check this like normally it's a bigger deal during the middle of the game so i don't know i i always uh am, i'm always wondering like if mlb has it out for trevor bauer and then now especially now that he's with la it's going to make it an easier target right but i i I don't know. I, I think everybody's always trying to get their edge, and if that's one of them, uh, I would I would feel bad if it is, if he actually was using the substance, because he's been one of the guys that's been outspoken about the Houston Astros and the whole uh, cheating scandal. 
So that would just make him look a, a little a little bad in that situation right there. But I don't know. I kind of I, I, it's funny because we heard about it and then it just kind of has gone quiet a little bit more. So was there substance? Was there not? I, like, come on, like make it a big deal or don't make it a big deal or don't even exactly. talk about it. if It's nothing. Yeah, I, I found it kind of ironic when when, you know, they came out that they were going to start cracking down on this. And then you see like a few seconds later, Bauer tweets something about it. Then the next day you hear the MLB is investigating under Trevor Bauer. I go, so are you just seeing his tweet and being like, there has to be something under this? Yeah, that's, I, I don't, I, it's kind of gone, gone quiet now. So yeah. we'll, we'll see. Maybe in MLB fashion, it will come up in a couple months now. And they're like, oh, remember at the beginning of the season? Yeah, we're going to suspend them now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's something that's going to be really interesting to see when the results do come out. And, even if the aftermath, either way, we're, we're going to hear Trevor Bauer talking about it all over Twitter, saying all these um, explicit words uh, towards Rob Manfred. But, I mean, as a Dodgers fan, i got to get your thoughts on how Andrew Friedman has built this team up. Because as a Red Sox fan, I look at Hein Bloom as Andrew Friedman's accomplice. You know, he, he was mentored by Andrew Friedman over in Tampa for the first part of his career. And then Friedman came over to L.A., and just really did an awesome job of, you know, mixing up the trying to contend as well as trying to also plan for the future. Yeah, and that's what people have a uh, – people try always try to compare this Dodger team to the past Yankees, and they're always like, well, you try to buy your championships. You're trying to – no, the Dodgers aren't. If you look at the Dodgers roster, 45, uh, 45 to 48% of it, I believe – is homegrown team is a homegrown team. Yep. Uh, five percent of it's like free agents, and then a couple of trades here and there. So most of these guys are homegrown. The Cody Bellingers, the you know, and I wouldn't say uh, Max Muncy because he's not. He came from Oakland A's, but Will Smith. The you know, a lot of these other guys are moving up the system, and and it's great to see them uh, do it. And a lot of these pitchers, Dustin May, Julio Urias. Um, those are all homegrown guys. Like those are farm systems. So when the Dodgers, what the Dodgers are doing, what the old Yankees didn't do, is they use their money correctly. Is hey, we'll make you a trade and we'll take that salary dump like the Yankees used to do, but we also want your top prospect too. Right. And they know because at the end of the day, they have to get lower. Just like uh, what was it last year when both the Red Sox and the Dodgers had to get under that luxury cap for a second, and they dump, they both did, and they go right back at it. So I think Andrew Freeman's doing a great job at walking that line, and he's building like he's bringing people into the front office that hey, if you lost your job over here, come work for me, and then he sends them out. So uh, like you said, one of his guys is in Boston now. Um, what's his name is I can't think of his name off the top of my head. It's running, it's running uh, uh, Atlanta right now. Uh, he came down from Toronto, went to the LA Dodgers, learned for a year, went to Atlanta. Uh, ah. Zion is over in San Francisco now. He's a GM in San Francisco. So all these guys who were once in Dodgers are all branching out. And I think it actually might be a good thing for the sport too because they also have that connection. So now they can make the bigger trades. They can do this. and it's But it also is a little harder because they all see the same thing now. Right. Well, yeah, we, we're seeing that as well as with the Tampa Bay Rays. And what, what came up right in my mind when, when you were talking about kind of like the branching off is Bill Parcells and Bill Belichick. Essentially, we see it in the NFL all the time. Tom, Tom Coughlin, Sean Payton, Bill Belichick. 
and one other guy uh, was was under Bill Parcells for a good amount of time. And uh, I, I, you're right. I, I think it's going to be a great thing for baseball, mainly because Friedman looks very differently at building up teams, kind of like you alluded to, of you know mixing up the win now and the look towards the future. And that's something very similar that Heim Bloom is doing as well. But I mean, it's it's really just showing as well with how consistently good the Dodgers have been throughout the last five years or so. Yeah, and I and I like it. And hey, you could say the Red Sox are benefiting from the Dodgers right now too, if you want to. Because uh, I don't know if you were going to go into this later, but I was I loved Alex Verdugo, and once they traded him, I was like, oh man. But we, I mean, of course, we got Mookie Betts, who is right now. I and I take a lot of heat for this, but I, I I believe it. Mookie Betts and Mike Trout are fighting for the top spot right now. Mike Trout has oh, yeah. had it for years, and Mookie Betts about to take over. Something something snapped in him that made him that way. But Alex Verdugo is a very good hyped player, and you guys have Kiki. Kiki never hits for a high average, but he has that high energy that pumps the team up. And sometimes you need that on your on your bench. Yeah, I mean Doogie was the main guy that I wanted for bets and I, I'm probably the only Red Sox fan that you're going to talk to that loved the Mookie Betts trade and wanted it to happen because most fans look at the team as you know this rich team that can really spend money on whatever they want and don't fully understand what luxury taxes and the Red Sox if they get the third uh if they get the third uh, strike or whatever you know it's 50 percent of the revenue people don't really understand that and so when they traded Mookie Betts and David Price they're like oh we're just trying to get cheap because we got a guy from the Rays you know <laughs> we're, we're, we're trying to plan for the future and yeah Do Doogie was the MVP of the Red Sox last season and uh it's, it's something where looking at Mookie it, it, it's with Connor Wong as well with Jeter Downs I'm really excited to see how people yeah, Jeter Downs after uh after you know like five to ten years or something like that but what was your reaction as a fan seeing that billboard uh, that the Dodgers put up or like a Dodgers fan uh, site put up across from Fenway Park? So you're talking about the billboard. I, when I, I laughed at it, but as, as a Dodger fan, like I said, when that trade went through, whoo, amazing. When we won the World Series, great. But as a, Red so as a baseball fan overall and as somebody who looks at all the other teams, I'm with you. I know why the Red Sox made the deal. They had you. Mookie Betts wasn't happy in Boston. He wasn't going to re-sign there. Trust, he, trust me, he was not going to re-sign no matter what they did. They could have offered him more than what he signed with in, the, in L.A., and he wasn't going to be there. Nope. And I hear a lot of stories about how Mookie Betts, like, treated people in, in Boston. Like, And then now he comes to L.A., he, it's like flipped a switch, and he's different. So um, Boston fans had to be happy with what they got with that deal. And – I, and you know, and you as, a, you as a Red Sox fan, you know it wasn't going to be immediate impact. And it kind of sucks, just like this year with the with, when the player leaves and goes to win the championship the next year, it kind of sucks. And you guys in Boston, in, in that area, you guys got hit twice. You got the Mookie Betts, and then you got Tom Brady. Yep. And it's like, ah. Uh, but you have to look at what they're building after that. Like, I think the Red Sox are doing a great job right now. And, yeah, for the Dodger fans to rub that in the face, <laughs> like I, I posted something on my own Twitter one time, too. I go, I don't know what we did to deserve Mookie Betts, but I thank the God every day. Like, because just watching him play is a different thing. And oh, yeah. and I know what he's teaching all these other young guys, uh, and it's great to see it. But uh, Boston, Boston did the right thing. And I, it sucks to say it, as a Boston fan, you have to be on board with it. You have to see that they actually did do the right thing.
Exactly, exactly. And it, it's something where, you know, they, they look at the impact that Mookie had. And, you know, all I hear about is Mookie Betts was the best Red Sox player we've seen since Ted Williams. And the, he, he wasn't going to re-sign with them anyways. You, you said it first. I, I mean, when you really look at what the Red Sox tried to get him to agree to, you know, the contracts that, that they offered him, they're very similar to the Dodgers. And he blatantly said, I'm going to test free agency. So what I say to Red Sox fans is, would you rather have him leave and go to the Dodgers and test free agency? Or would you rather get something back? And it's funny because last, last hour I, I said, you know, when Red Sox fans look back and Jeter Downs is the starting second baseman, Connor Wong is the starting catcher, and Alex Verdugo is the superstar of the team, nobody's going to uh, be upset about the Mookie trade as much as they are now. See, and I forgot about Jeter Downs and – uh, now that you bring him up, I'm like, ah, because when they traded for Jeter Downs, I was excited. Uh, and then they traded him off in that deal. I was like, man, I never even got to see him play one time. So, yeah, I think he's going to – he should be good too. He's only, what, 22, I think, 22 years old? Yeah, something like that. I think it's so ironic for a Red Sox team to have a uh, to have a Jeter somewhere on the depth chart. I love that. <laughs> but I, I got to get your thoughts so far in the MLB season. Um, who the most surprising teams have surprised you thus far? For me, it's, it's the Royals and the Reds. I, I mean, they're two teams that I didn't really see being as good as they are right now. Yeah, you, I think you hit it on the head. Uh, and here's a disclaimer. If you want your team to do good, let me know, and I'll post about them, and then they'll start doing good. Because there's two teams that I post about, and one was the Red Sox. After the first series, I said, Red Sox looks like one of the worst teams right now. And that was after the first three games. They got swept. And then all of a sudden, whew, and then I did the same thing about the Oakland A's. And, I, and the, the Red Sox went what, from, what, 6-3? and three, yep. Or, uh, what, 0-3 oh to now 12-3? and three, or, or, no, what are they right now, 12-6? and six? Yeah, they, they're 12, they're 11-6 and six right now, I'm pretty sure. But, yeah, so, they, they won nine games um, in a row after the three, after three, three losses. <laughs> so, and then the Oakland A's, I posted about them, and they were 0-6, oh and, and now they're uh, 11, they've been 11-1 since then. Wow. It's like... So those are the two teams, like o Oakland and, and the Red Sox, uh, that I think – but the Reds, yeah, I think the Reds, you hit it on the nail. Like, nobody expected it. Everybody thought they were going to drop a little bit more this year, but they're on fire. Um, you know who else? The Brewers pitching staff is is surprising me this year. Yeah. Um, Corbin Burns, yeah. Like, that that whole pitching staff, I, what are they uh, – I want to say they're third in the, in the league in pitching, like uh, overall pitching. So uh, that surprised me a little bit. And then the San Francisco Giants, all right, they're, they're slowly getting up there, too. They got the pitching staff going on hitting everything right now, but it's still early in the season. And Evan Longoria is a guy who's – he really went back in time and found his skills from 2011, 2012. I don't know if, I don't know if you've seen how hot Evan Longoria is right now. I think he's hitting like 315 uh, with like four or five homers. Uh, yeah. Evan Longoria is on one. Like it seems like all these old timers, like all these guys that are a little bit old, they're on fire. And it's weird to see uh, right now. But yeah, I text my big, my buddy's a Giants fan, and you know I'm not supposed to be friends with Giants fans because I'm a Dodger fan. But he always hits me up about, gives me the updates on all the Giants stuff going on. And yeah, he's always he's so excited about uh, Evan Longoria right there. But uh, yeah, they're doing their thing and. You know what? They surprise people. They they do what is Gabe Kapler is their guy, so he's doing he's doing stuff that's not in the ordinary baseball sense, but he gets it done. 
Exactly. And you don't usually see a guy like Gabe Kapler get, get fired from one team and then that same season uh, or that same offseason get hired uh, by, by a team in, in a league as well. Um, but, but looking at the disappointing teams, I mean, you got to start with the New York Yankees. I, I mean, everybody was looking at this team as World Series contenders, at least in my mind, I looked at it as Dodgers and Yankees as the ideal uh, World Series uh, yep. teams. But, I mean, 10-6 to start the season. And, and they have the second worst average in the MLB, 208. Yeah, the Yankees, what a – what? Oh. And then Jay Bruce already retired. Like, that, that experiment didn't go quick. Uh, yeah, and I posted on the other day on my own personal thing if Aaron Boone was the problem. Is Aaron Boone over his head as a manager? Yeah, people say that baseball is the least reliant on the manager, but sometimes he makes those decisions hurt. Uh, so I got to wonder about that. And I don't know. I don't. It's you know the injuries. The injuries always hit the Yankees, yeah. and it's like they never go out and do anything to help it. So yeah, the Yankees are horrible. But you know what my favorite team is that that's that's struggling right now, and I hate to see it, and I hate to see it is those Houston Astros. How about yep. them Houston Astros? They started 6-1, and one and they're 7-9 and nine right now. Mm -hmm. So, whoo, I hate to see it. I hate to see it. It's so funny, too, because so many people were looking at this Astros team and saying, yeah, they're ALCS contenders if it's not the Yankees or the White Sox. But I looked at their pitching as being their major Achilles heel. When, when you look at 37-year-old, almost 38-year-old uh, Zach Ranke, going out there on the bump as your ace. And then Verlander coming back from Tommy John surgery. And obviously they had a few young guns out there who really surprised a lot of people last season. But uh, when you look at it, they're six offensively and ranked 22nd in the MLB with a 450 ERA. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know. But, I mean, we can still say it's early and some of these teams will come back. But as long as the Astros keep struggling, I'll be happy. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm not happy to see it. I mean, come back, Astros. It's a weird situation for me because, uh, you know, obviously as a Red Sox fan, the Red Sox played them in 2018. And then, you know, they're always that kind of rival to the Red Sox other than the Rays and the Yankees. But it's weird because throughout before 2017, I was a big Astros fan. Like when they drafted George Springer because he's from New England, I was wicked excited when they drafted Correa. I'm like, all right, this team's going to be really good. And obviously, it was so unfortunate to have everything that came out come out, um, especially about Alex Cora as well, um, because I, I respect him more, more than anybody in the league. Would you, would you agree that the National League is taking over baseball right now? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, it's it's kind of like the NBA, where, where the West is dominating the East. Yeah, because uh, I remember like, a couple of years ago, it was all American League. And now it's, like, flipping. So it's weird to see, like, some of these top teams, like, even the White Sox right now are, are not doing what they're supposed to do. Right. And, and you got to wonder if that's just because we overrated them for being in the American League and being one of the top teams in the American League. Um, I don't know. I, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that real quick. Because, like, I mean, as a Red Sox fan, it's always Yankees, Red Sox, Rays, all these other teams going at it. And then <laughs> – sorry, I just read a comment. <laughs> But yeah, it's just uh, I was just I just wanted to get your thoughts on that because I always say that, and some people agree with me, some people don't. Well, thank God. I'm just gonna say this: thank God that they don't uh, have that stipulation in the All Star game anymore, to where 
whoever wins the All-Star game is the home team because cause it would just be so unfair this season. Yeah, I, I think it would. Uh, hey, speaking about, uh, like, an All-Star right now, Ronald Acuna is on fire. Woo! Thank God I have him on my fantasy team. Uh, another guy who's going off as well, who's really underrated, is Byron Buxton. He, he's, he gave me over 150 points the first week. Hey, Byron Buxton, like, it's weird how how he's starting to come around. Like, remember when he first, like, they made a big deal about him his rookie year, and he was not, and he, like, I thought he was going to be, like, a, a bust and everything, and then he just came right back at it, and he, they never gave up on him. That's a good thing. Most teams would have gave up on him, and he never, he, he never did. Well, I remember when he was the number one prospect, and that's when I was really into my card collecting days, and I tried – to get as many rookie cards of him, autographs, like all that sort of stuff. And then we saw his value absolutely decline when all those injuries happened. And yeah, I mean, I had the same exact thought process as you. I'm like, this guy was compared to Mike Trout and now he's really looking like a mediocre outfielder. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting how things turn around. It's, it's good to see those stories. And, and that, I guess that's what the good thing is about not major league baseball has a problem. I think a little bit that, most of the small teams are farm teams for who? The Dodgers, the Red Sox, small. And we can all agree to that. But when you see a team like Minnesota that's still competing and they still don't give up on their guys, I think that's a great a great thing. Because, um, uh, I don't know, even though I am a Dodger fan, I still root for the underdogs sometimes. It'd still be nice. I would always like to see Oakland A's and the Billy Bean because Moneyball is one of my favorite movies. I would love to see Oakland A's win one one time. Same with the Tampa Bay Rays, too. The Tampa Bay Rays, I, I always say it, they're the smartest team in baseball. I mean, Andrew Freeman came over them. Same with Heim Bloom. Uh, but I, I do think that Major League Baseball does need to do something outside of just a salary cap or just the luxury tax. There needs to be something to make the league more competitive and more fair financially. It's, it's, just, it's just so um, – just just so stretched kind of like you said the the big market teams and the small market teams and we're talking about a movie that came that that is alluding to 2003 and we're in 2021 now 18 years later and we're still talking about the same things <laughs> yeah it's true and, and baseball i did i actually had a um a talk with somebody a, a while back and i mean you said you're 22 years old so you're an exception to the rule of what you know about baseball you know a lot more than most 22 year old people but to the average fan like i was talking to a guy who's 19 years old uh, on one of my shows and i was talking about baseball and i was asking him what he knew about baseball just to gauge what people now because i'm i'm 35 so i'm a little older but i grew up and when the and when the baseball hired king griffey jr as like the ambassador of the sport to bring people back into it i was like why and so i asked the guy he's 19 years old i go what do you know about king griffey jr um, he, that he was a home run hitter, and that's about it. Like, when I think of King Griffey Jr., like, that was, that was a thing. We put our hats on backwards. We did, everybody did the He's stance. Kid. So, what is baseball doing wrong to not target the youth, to, to not, one, not target the youth, and two, not to carry on to the tradition of, of, uh, of these great players that everybody knows about them years later? And the guy that I was talking to, he's a Marlins fan. It's E on the mic. And I go, what do you know about Derek Jeter? Because uh, Derek Jeter, you know, he's running your team. He goes, oh, he's a good shortstop. Probably probably going to be good. He's a Yankees. won some championships there. <laughs> I was just like, 
I was blown away. It's not nothing against him, but it's just blown away because that's how baseball is. Right. It's either you live in the moment now and you watch the players, but you never hear about the continuing – unless you fall in love with it like we do and we're the, uh, above, you know, we're the out of ordinary fans. We're not, we're not your ordinary fan. We're watching baseball every day. We want to know everything. But that yeah. average fan that turns in should, should at least know those two names. Exactly. I, I mean, especially with a guy who, you know, even as a Red Sox fan, I bought a Derek Jeter respect shirt with the respect with the two for the S. And I find it so funny because even when I go to Yankee Stadium and I've gone to Yankee Stadium twice, I always wear a Red Sox hat. You're not going to see me in Yankee Stadium without a Red Sox hat. And I wear my Derek Jeter shirt and I, I still obviously have people give, give me thoughts like, why does this make any sense? Because I respect the guy. I, I, yeah. I respect him outside of just the jersey. And, and the thing is, is when you look at a guy like Trevor Bauer and what he's doing, the only other guy other than Trevor Bauer who is really marketing himself and putting himself out there on social media and continuously showing fans the behind the scenes is Tim Anderson. And as a fan, I love the podcast when you get to hear the behind the scenes, the stuff that happens in the clubhouse that you never get to hear about. And that's what fans want. That's what the NBA has. That's what the NFL has. And the MLB just has such a hard time connecting to Gen Z, the kids or, or the people that want thing, in, things instantaneously and fast. And I understand like the unwritten rules, like don't toss your bat, don't do all, don't celebrate as much, but that's what we want now. That's yeah. what the world is at now. Do celebrate. Do your thing. Nick, a little Nick, flip. Yeah, what's his name? Nick Castellanos from the Reds got suspended the other day for pumping his team up. He didn't do anything. He didn't do anything and you suspend him. <laughs> I I, th I thought that was so hysterical too because uh it it, it was something where that's what you need. You need to see that passion, you need to see that grit. And uh, I, I love fights. And obviously it makes sense why they're, why they're suspending the guys because they don't want that to be an every single game thing. But that's what fans want. That's what they want to see. Uh, and, and it's something where as well, I feel like fans don't fully get to see the personalities of the players. Uh, and especially with how young the MLB is right now, I get it. We're marketing the league as let the kids play. But majority of the world don't know who these kids are. Don't know who Juan Soto is, you know, Ronaldo, uh, Acuna. They, they don't know who Bellinger is. You know, it's, it's, it's something where the MLB needs to do a much better job of marketing these guys so then fans can actually get excited about it. And it pissed me off so much. The 3-0 count crap about Tatis last year, seeing all that stuff on Twitter. I'm like, do these people even watch baseball? Like, let it, yeah. That, that, I'm a Dodger fan, and I'm not supposed to support Fernando Tatis, but let him play. Let him do it. That was awesome. I don't care. I don't care. what. I don't care what the count is. Make the pitch. You want to get him out? Make the pitch. Like, exactly. Why, why? The stats still count no matter what. They still count on, on your record. If you go up to the bat and you walk, you strike out, whatever, it still counts no matter what you do. So why taking that bat out? Why, take, why would he take a bat off? Why would he take a strike off? Do your thing. I do find it interesting, too, when players do celebrate. And obviously, we're going to see the competitiveness come out from the opposing team getting pissed off if guys go a little bit over the top. But it seems like that that's something I feel like needs to be normalized in the MLB. Like, I, I understand if another team is going to get frustrated, 
but you got to make it kind of a norm for players to not get frustrated when that happens, because that's what fans love. Anytime I go back and watch anything from 2018 or 2013, that's my favorite year of the Red Sox, seeing Shane Victorino running around the bases, going like this on his chest. I love that. That, that, that puts tears in my eyes. That, that's what sports is supposed to do. Yeah, exactly. You're, the, the emotion is what is what everybody gets drawn to, and that's what you as a fan are. Because you're doing the same thing at home. And so you're going to tell me that when the guy hits a big home run in the ninth inning, wins the game, or, you know, in the seventh inning to put him up by a run, and they're not allowed to pump your chest. But you know at home, you're throwing popcorn around, you're yelling and screaming like, yes, yes. But that player has to be cool, calm, and collect. come on, come on. He's the one that did it. Not everybody gets a hit on a big home run like that in Major League Baseball. And you, you want to put this guy – you want to put a damper on this guy? Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I understand where Rob Manfred is going, coming from when he's trying to make these changes to make the game faster. But at the same time, he's missing the other component that we've talked about for the last 10 minutes of it's not only about making the game faster and – some of the things that he's doing is ruining the game, especially with the extra inning thing. I, I'm not a fan of that whatsoever. But, uh, <laughs> you, you know, he, he's also forgetting about marketing the sport and marketing the specific players. And how do you think – I, I want to hear, hear your thoughts. How do you think the MLB can do better with that? that I've been questioning it to myself, like, how to do it. Like, because baseball is kind of an expensive sport, too, to start out with, to buy the bats, to do all that. Uh, so it's, I don't know how to market it, who to market it to, but you have to, some, I don't know if you want to start going to schools, you want to donate equipment. Like, I don't know where to start, but that's where they need to. I know, like, I always bring it up that the Dodgers had a, a couple of years ago, they had a, uh, a problem with Time Warner Cable. Time Warner Cable and the Dodgers made a deal. Where, and then when they made that deal, they cut off 70% of baseball fans in, L, in the Los Angeles area. 70% of people that didn't have Time Warner Cable uh, didn't get to watch Dodgers for at least three years. If you, uh, well, you got to go and do your other way around it. And I was wondering to myself, and I, and I would tell people, like, how many fans are you losing then? Because I can sit there with my son, and we can watch a Dodger game, or at least as much as he can watch of it. And he'll be like, oh, yeah, Dodgers. So not every day my son asks me, he goes, hey, did the Dodgers win today? He might not have watched it, but he's asking me. He's interested about the Dodgers. And then when he grows up, that's where he's going to be. But I wonder how many kids they're missing by not putting these teams on, t on TV. I think the pot there's another team that's going through it right now. I can't remember who it is. I want to say it was the Padres, but I, I might be wrong. But when you're not putting these teams on TV or, like, when the when – the, I don't know if you have this issue, but, like, when the Dodgers are on ESPN Sunday Night Game, I don't get to watch it on ESPN. It's blacked out. Right. Because well, so even with the MLB app, I have a lot of friends up here in college who buy the MLB app specifically to watch Major League Baseball games, and they click through practically all the games that are available, and 98% of them say that they're blacked out, which why are you even going to pay the monthly fee to have this app if you're not even going to be able to get what you're paying for? It makes no yeah. sense. I want, I want to watch my favorite team, and I'll watch all the other teams but you need to give me my team for me to be able to pay for it. And that's not what's happening. So I think that's, I think the, the TV deals are killing them because they don't have TV deals like, like uh, the NFL, that's the whole thing. They each have their own TV deal mm. and it's, it's horrible. And that, and I think that's where they need to start too. And then just marketing the players, get the players out there, get them on commercials, do get them recognized. Like right. you ever, 
How many times do you see a major league baseball player in a in a commercial? I don't I don't remember seeing him that often. Maybe Mike Trout. You see him sometimes on like Subway or something like that. Like that's I remember seeing Ryan Howard on Subway tons of times, like maybe like five, ten years ago or something like that. But I mean you're even seeing it like I'm seeing it trickle down in youth sports as well. Like in my high school, like they don't have a JV team. They they barely are able to field a varsity team. So it's it's I, I feel like that's one of the biggest reasons why they did bring Ken Griffey Jr. on is because they started to notice that it's really starting to trickle down because, you know, we're seeing football, lacrosse, soccer, really amplify the amount of popularity that they're having on the youth. Yeah. And when I was a kid, it was all about, it was all about uh, baseball. And now I don't even hear about it. Like maybe because I'm too old, but, uh, and my, my kid has no interest in it. It's different. It's different. And it'd be nice to actually see baseball and baseball is a great sport. And, I don't know, a lot of people are like, well, it's boring to watch nine innings. No, it's not. It's awesome. To go sit at a stadium and watch it is amazing. If, you, if you're engaged and you know what's coming up, that the game could change on the one pitch after the next. And you, you, it's, 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 it's an awesome game. And I, I can't believe that people would say that it's a boring game. Well, I, I, I get it. I get it to a point because e even myself, um, I, I see myself at times looking at my phone. Like if it's a game where the Red Sox, like it's like a pitcher's duel to where like there's not a lot of hits going on. There's times where it obviously gets boring. But I mean, most of the time I'm standing up yelling at the TV and a lot of my friends, the only way that they'll watch baseball is if they bet on it. And, and, and there's something to essentially lose. Um, and, and that's what makes them excited about it. But lastly, Joe, I, I just wanted to ask you, uh, what would be your prediction right now, even though it's super, super duper early in this MLB season, prediction for the World Series? Uh, of course, I'm going to take my Dodgers. I always got to take them back to back. But from the American League, it's kind of tough. Um, I don't know what – it's it's hard to know what team is going to go. But you know what? I, I, I hope so. I hope Boston can hold on. I hope so. That would so. be a great series to see those two go at it. But I, you know what? I'm not going on limb. I'm not going. I'm. I'm gonna say Oakland A's. I'll say the Oakland A's again. Why not? That'd be awesome. That'd be really <laughs> cool. I, I would love to see the Oakland A's, the Rays get up there. Um, I, I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. So I picked that last year. That was my my prediction last year. I'll go. I'll stick with it this year too. I love it. I love it, man. Well, Joe, where where can the people find you? Uh, you guys can find me at Joe Marley Sports, or uh, we just started the Warzone Sports Network on YouTube. Uh, type in Warzone Sports Network on Instagram, YouTube, and you guys will find multiple uh, shows that we have. Great stuff coming up. Big mock draft on Friday with oh, that mock draft. Let me tell you about that. There's going to be some big names you guys want to turn in for that one. I'm excited, my man. I'm excited. And definitely also people who are listening right now, go over and follow Joe on Instagram and also on TikTok and Twitter as well. Oh, yeah, I do have TikTok. I forgot about my TikTok. <laughs> yeah, I see your videos on TikTok. You're always grinding over there. Well, Joe, really appreciate you taking the time and uh, hope the Dodgers continue to have success. Yeah, let's go. Hopefully we'll see you in the World Series. Hope so, my man. Definitely do this All again. Right. Peace out. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.